Well, we're on the back end of a San Diego Comic-Con weekend. That means there's all kinds of news, all kinds of exciting things to talk about. But I'm really excited about something I've just watched on the Netflix. We're going to talk about that on your Safe Place to Geek Out. Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. Now, Kevin Smith has debuted his Geeking Out show on AMC. I read a blog post today of someone talking about just doing what you like and celebrating what you love and all this stuff, but I'm here to tell you we're still the original safe place to geek out on the Internet. Years ago, back in my day, eight years ago, nine years ago almost, uh, when... Uh, when I was getting frustrated with everyone hating on the stuff I was loving, I had to sit down and say, you know what? It's time for me to get positive. It's time for me just to celebrate what I enjoy. And that's what Geek Out Loud is. It's a celebration of the stuff that we all love. There's no room for negativity. There's room for honesty. There's room for intelligent criticism. But there's no sense in being negative and just focusing on all the stuff that we don't like. That's why you won't hear a lot of Star Trek talk on this podcast. What? But Star Trek, but Star Trek Beyond has been so good. It's been wonderful. I hadn't seen it yet. I don't know that. I don't know that's good. It's Star Trek. I'm looking forward to seeing it though. I've heard a lot of good things. Heard a lot of good things about Ghostbusters. Haven't had a chance to see it yet. Uh, I got to rectify all of these situations, and hopefully, we'll do so soon. Before we get too deep into the show, which we're only what 30, 45 seconds in. I want to give a huge shout out to the Techno Retro Dads. That'd be uh, our good friend Shaz Bazaar and Jedi Schwa. Yeah, you can listen to Techno Retro Dads uh, on a much more regular basis than many of the podcasts in the Goliverse. Uh, got to meet up with them. Uh, gee whiz, Friday I went to see my little niece in the hospital. And uh, she. for those of you who've asked, by the way, who've been listening to the Big Honkin' Show, uh, she is home. She is recovering well. Um, she left the hospital with a big smile on her face, so she's feeling a lot better and will have staples and stuff removed in a couple of weeks. I think next Monday, I think it is. Um, but she is, uh, she's doing well and hopefully once they get staples out and, and all of her little incisions heal up better, they'll start to be able to work her little legs and, and she'll be, uh, running around bouncing off the walls before we know it. But so thanks for your thoughts and prayers for her, but I'd be going to visit her in the hospital, spend some time with her. And then I met uh, Shaz and Schwa and Shaz's kid at the uh, at a pizza place there. And um, then went, uh, drove 30 minutes south of where we were to go to the Flashback Arcade down in Loganville. Now, Dave Jones is going to kill me. Dave Jones listens to the show. Dave Jones lives in Loganville. But now, Dave, 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 Dave. It was kind of it was kind of late and I didn't want to bother you I knew that you'd be around I knew that you you know would probably want to come hang out but I didn't want to bother you I didn't want to you know because it was so late I didn't want to wake the baby didn't want to get you any in trouble so um, 
so we went we hung out at the um at, at the uh at the flashback arcade really cool place they need to work on their on their um joystick on their miss pac-man machine a little bit but they've got one of the great old school star wars you know with the vector line graphics and everything games that shaz and schwa were tearing up but i was terrible at i showed them how bad i was at things like tron but uh i feel like i dominated pretty well on the old turtle arcade game the ninja turtle arcade game um let me see what else we got going on what else was there that we were playing oh i was terrible at donkey kong um but i did have fun sitting there at the donkey kong screen and just going kill screen coming up kill screen coming up on donkey kong if anyone cares kill screen and then shaz called me i was like i've never seen a kill screen on the first level before and i was like watch me die uh but it was we had a great time and it was a really cool place and there was one there was a moment when i'm standing there and i look up and on the ledge of this place they just have all kinds of old school toys and stuff um uh around about and uh and so suddenly i'm just lost in that looking at these things and just kind of wanting to um break the like the seventh or eighth commandment that's the one that says about stealing uh i i would have just put it all in a bag and carried it home with me if i could but really cool place um it is uh it's it's what you'd expect an, an old school arcade like that to kind of be and um and hope to go hang out at some point again with with dave jones because i know he's gonna um be upset when he hears i was that close and didn't didn't holler at him i've still got to go have a goal meet up in kennesaw here's what here's what we got to do guys we just need to have a north georgia geek out loud meetup um and anyone who's in the atlanta area pick a place and just go somewhere um somewhere roundabout and and just meet up i feel like that would be a great place to go that arcade so um so we may make that happen we may we may see what what happens uh with that we have a good time with that but we'll give you more details on that as we know more about things like that so um but i just hey thanks for joining us guys thanks for being here for those of you who are up late in the chat at mixer.com slash goloverse wow thanks for thanks for hanging out guys uh if if you're unaware we have relaunched the big honking show we've been doing it um often in the mornings uh generally try to do it around 11 o'clock from 11 to 12 Monday through Friday, live at Mixer.com slash Goldiverse. But the podcasts are getting posted over at the Big Honkin' Show. So we'd love to have you join us there. We'd love to have you join us live. Anytime you see us tweet out that we're live on the Twitter, we, we'd love to have everyone just come blow Mixler up uh, by being there with us. And because um, and, and we have a good time. we got a great group of people hanging out in the chat, uh, chatting about all kinds of things. I mean, there was even baseball talk going on before the show got started tonight. So you you'll be surprised what people will talk about it's it's just it's crazy up in here it's crazy so crazy um but before we uh go further or no it's time it's not even time not before we go further but i need to get better than what i am listen we're still at mediocre well we're 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 cresting toward good guys we're cresting toward good and i just said guys we're cresting toward good friends but we're not quite there yet Let's jump into some emails.
head to the mailbag at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. The emails are brought to you by the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. That's you guys. Uh, and, and they're the greatest podcast listening audience supporting us at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. If you want to be a patron and support us that way, just head over that way and chip in a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, three dollars, whatever you want. Um, and, uh, we appreciate every little bit. We're a little over halfway to meeting our goal so that we could do a daily geek out loud. A daily geek out loud would consist of about a 30 minute show every day. It would be released on the geek out loud feed. It would not replace the main Geek Out Loud show, but it'd be kind of like the Daily Geek News and Flashback Fridays or Throwback Thursdays or uh, What Am I Reading Wednesdays kind of thing. And, and, and each 30-minute each segment would be devoted to something uh, in those geek lines. You know, Tuesday collecting, because Tuesdays are kind of blah and collecting lately if you're a Hasbro Star Wars fan has been kind of yeah. So we we would uh, we we dig back through the archives and talk about old toys, new toys, upcoming toys, that sort of thing. So different day, different themes. All daily geek out loud. We're about halfway, a little over halfway to that goal, and a little less than halfway to the goal of meeting a, a goal to have a geek out loud YouTube channel. So all kinds of cool things you can support us and and are happening there. We've got some Google Hangouts coming up. Um, uh, pretty soon for those of you who are donating at that level an exclusive pod is coming up this week um, and every now and again for all levels of supporters there are surprises that'll that'll kind of pop up particularly in the forms most of the times of those parody songs uh, the new wars star wars song was released to patrons uh, before it ever was on rebel force radio or before it ever aired on geek out loud same thing with the Maz Kanata song it was on the patreon before it was ever on geek out loud or Rebel Force Radio. If you're a patron, you'll be the first to get it, and it'll be in a form that you can download uh, and have. A lot of people ask, where can I download this? Where can I download this? And we haven't made them available simply because we want to keep some exclusivity uh, for uh, those of you who, who who donate via Patreon. So, And we appreciate your support there at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Our featured supporter on this episode is Scott Carmichael. It was a special effects wizard who, after tiring of, cri- of the crime in a city, turned his skill into, into the superhero game, striking fear into the hearts of the wicked with full-scale models, make- makeup tricks, and a few moves he picked up on set with Bruce Lee. So, Scott Carmichael, our featured supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud. Um, so, let's get to these emails. Um... This comes from Chickafant. Now, if, you, if you've never met Chickafant, you've never been to a Star Wars event. Uh, Chickafant's just about everyone. Chickafant's a chicken. And uh, you get to take your picture with Chickafant. And, and I have Chickafant patches, and Chickafant is cool. Um, this is actually in relations to the book club. And it says, uh, talking about episode 182, the Goldiverse Reads, says, Hey there, Steve, Nicole, and Rod. This is my first Goldiverse Reads episode, and I really enjoyed it. Even though I haven't read either of the books, it was easy to follow along with your discussion and debate about each of them. It was also a treat to hear from your listeners that called in to share their thoughts on the book, as well as the other fun things going on in their lives. My dad and I aren't the readers of the family. My mom holds that title. She reads way more than the two of us put together. Of the two books you discussed, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is probably the one that she would read. I'm even interested in reading it, says the little chicken. Since none of us have read this at, uh, at this time... We'll probably see the upcoming movie first and then decide if we want to read the book to compare the two. With the movie based on Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children coming out, a lot easier to read than say, by the way. 
in a couple of months. It made me wonder what would you consider some of the most successful books turned into movies, possibly the Maze Runner, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, or Twilight series? Are there any other books converted to movies or even TV series that you feel didn't work? Uh, one last thing. Thanks for my superpower. Thanks again for a fun episode. I look forward to the next one. That's from Chickafant. Um, well, 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 Chicky baby. Yeah, Chicky baby. You, um, you, you mentioned some of the more successful ones. I don't, I can't speak to the Maze Runner. I guess it's been successful. They've been continuing to make them. Harry Potter, hugely successful. Harry Potter continues to, Harry Potter has a following and a fan base that rivals, um, Star Trek and Star Wars. As far as like the, the cosplay and the people immersing themselves into that world and, and, um, and it seems like Harry Potter is going to stick around for a while. Hunger Games seemed more to me like it was a fad that everyone got into. The same way as Twilight. You don't hear a lot of Twilight talk anymore. Uh, Hunger Games has kind of come and gone. Harry Potter seems to have that stayability. Um, and, and I think that would be an interesting discussion to have as to what has kept Harry Potter fresh. It's not a new movie coming out. It's not... The play that uh, J.K. Rowling, Rowling, Rowling um, has written that is being performed now over in the U.K. I, I think it goes deeper than that. I think that in the in the story of Harry Potter that um, that it hit on issues and things, and also the fact that it was a series of books before it was ever movies. I think that you know a ten year old kid picked up the first Harry Potter book and grew up with Harry Potter. And and that and that series truly does grow as you read and it's a natural progression with these characters and they take real story arcs and they they date people and break up and they fall in love and get mad and get angry and they but at the same time they go on, you know, that old that old hero's journey that we all know and love so much. But it is um they and they're clever. They're so clever the books are and and so fun. And they're scary when they need to be, and they're touching when they need to be, and uh, so yeah, I think of the ones you mentioned, Harry Potter's there for sure. Lord of the Rings uh, could be right up there. I mean, again, you see cosplay and stuff, but you don't. I don't think you see the voraciousness of Lord of the Rings fans, not to the level of like a Harry Potter or a Star Wars, but what you have with Lord of the Rings that you don't have. I think in in some other circles are are just the hours upon hours upon hours of deconstruction that people will do talking about the themes and characters and and uh and and the the world and and everything that's there you know Tolkien did such an incredible job of truly building a universe that was so well laid out and so well defined and so well described that when it was actually finally put to film the settings the for me at least and 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 I know there are people that have some problems with different characters and some takes on some different characters in the films but for me at least the settings and the design of all everything from the swords to the armor to the to to the furniture to the clothing it felt like everything that Tolkien had described, but he was so descriptive in his writing that you almost couldn't help um, but be that. You you almost couldn't help but but know but but get that feeling from them. As far as books that that haven't worked, um, I mean there are tons. There 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 are tons out there. I think uh, 
my mind immediately goes to because it's kind of fresh because of the Disney Vault talk is the uh, the Black Cauldron. That was a series of books um, that you know Disney, quite frankly, just had a misstep with. Um, a lot of times, I go to definitely comic books that I can think of that were made into movies and stuff that it's like, oh, what were they doing? But now we live in this golden age of superhero films. Um, the Unfortunately, it's, look, I love The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I liked um, uh, Prince Caspian. But I don't know that those movies were as successful as Disney and, and whoever else would have hoped they would have been. And I don't know what the disconnect was there uh, with those films. Um but but I did like them, particularly Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I felt was almost spot on from, from what I remember reading it as a kid. But, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that that's a... It was successful to make a sequel, but something fizzled out. It wasn't as successful as I guess they wanted it to be. So, uh, I don't know. Let's uh, We'll turn to the chat real quick. Does anyone else um, have anything else uh, to say? about uh stuff that they didn't think turned out right books steve won't bring up dune he torments me with his not dune yeah a lot of people don't like dune but you know there are a lot of people who do like the dune movie but now it never really went anywhere beyond that you know they've got the movie there's the miniseries uh but it didn't really go that way um game of thrones is huge you know and, and they've apparently done it super right i tried to read the first novel and uh, I was like, well, I've already seen the first season, so there's no sense in it. Uh, <laughs> Wendy is now baiting bald-headed Rod in the chat um, with her Dune Stinks talk. Oh, she's talking about the movie. So um, what else we got? What else is going on here in the old email bag? Chicka fan, it's so good to hear from you. Thank you for, um, for, for, for emailing in. Um, our good friend Jim Dossie from down in Florida um, is asking about uh, my move to Rome, and it's going well. And I just wanted to give Jim and his boys a shout-out. We saw them down at the RFR Live podcast and meet up uh, down in uh, Orlando back in uh, back in April or May. when Whenever it was. No, it was at the beginning of June, for crying out loud. Yeah, back in June. Was uh, so it was good to see them and hang out with them. That was a good time. If you've missed, if you haven't heard that show, you need to go check it out. Callie, well, this says Wes. I've got Callie and Wes. All right, hi Steve. Just listening to Geek Out number one eighty. Heard you mention the chick event you see at the Star Wars event. I'm not familiar with this particular phenomenon. However, if I remember correctly, there was a chick event on one of the episodes of The Lost Saucer by Sid and Marty Croft back in the seventies. I'm wondering if that's where this current day chick event originates from. Ooh. We need an origin story for Chickafant. Does anybody know? Anywho, just had to throw that little bit of info in because, well, just because. Thanks for the great shows. Your positivity and enthusiasm on your podcast is great. Pick me up to the work days. Keep up the great work. And that's from Wes. Wes, I don't know. But now I call it to the Chickafant and the Chickafant parents to let me know if this is where, um, where, where they get that from. I now must find the Sid and Marty Croft uh chicken chicken fan <laughs> chicka fan and see what that was for those of you who don't know no wow no did not return anything where am i searching here i'm searching the right thing right uh let's see sid and marty croft characters um 
I'm sorry, I am now into a let me Google that for you segment of the show, and I did not even play the music. So I definitely apologize not only to you, the listener, but also to Andy Lindemann, who provided the Google that for you segment. And of course, the music is down. Of course, the, the volume. Oh, man. Well, so much for doing a good show. Let me Google that for you. Sid and Marty Croft had a lot of, um, man, a lot of stuff. They were, they did a lot of like dress up characters. They tried their hand at some claymation type stuff, some stop motion animation. They did live action stuff. They did a little bit of, a little bit of animation um, a lot of people remember at least the name H&R, H.R. Puffin stuff. Um, I remember the, um, oh, what was it called? The, I thought there was a show in the 80s that, um, early 80s, late 70s. Of course, Land of the Lost is one, but there, it, oh, I just remember... Maybe it was the Cross Super Show, but that doesn't feel right. Um, I'm just going to run down some of these things. The Lost Saucer, Far Out Space Nuts, Land of the Lost, The Bugaloos, H.R. Puffin Stuff, The Banana Splits, um, The Cross Super Show with Dr. Shrinker, Electra Woman, and Dinah Girl, uh, Wonder Bug, um, The Sid and Marty Croft Superstar Hour, um, yeah, so there was all kinds of... I mean, they did all kinds of stuff. But what was the thing? Was there some kind of space roller coaster show? I'm sorry. Now I'm really... This is where I need to get into... Um, and I, let, me, let, me, let me bump back over to the chat while I continue to Google and see if Shaz knows what I'm talking about because he usually is right there with me on some of this stuff. It, it, they did like segments on the show. They um, they had like a GNU that was doing all the GNUs, um, and he would the Great Space Coaster. Is that them? Is that Sid and Marty Croft? It has to be. It has to be. I'm going to pull up the YouTube intro right here. This has to be Sid and Marty Croft. It's the great space coaster. Get on board. Gary Gnu, that was right. It's when not Sid and Marty Croft. Well, who did the Great Space Coaster? I could have sworn this was Sid and Marty. Marty? Sid and Marty is someone totally different. <laughs> This space station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Um, I, I could have sworn it was Sid and Marty Croft. It looks like it is a Sid and Marty Croft ripoff then. And, and obviously the opening credits wouldn't have any uh, information about written and directed by. Nope. Nope. It just, uh, just opens up with this. And it's got this weird, weird dude. Now I'm getting lost in these little clips here. I'm seeing all the all the fun stuff I could do. Here's Speed Reader. Wait, this is this is a commercial. Okay, I gotta 
bump over. All right, this is from Philly. This is Gary Gnu. Oh my gosh. Alright. like it was trying to be Sid and my, Marty Croft but also a little bit of Henson stuff mixed in there so make it stop <laughs> it's the great space coaster how did we get off on Sid and Marty Croft oh chicken fan I've, I cannot I've, I've tried to google it and I can't find anything about Sid and Marty Croft chicken fan um, mangle and chicken fan no 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 I'm sorry, I sure don't know. We'll, but I tell you what we'll do. We'll we'll get with Chickafant and we shall say to them, "Hey, Chickafant, tell us your origin story." That's what we that's what we shall do. David Healy from the Quiet Corner chimes in. He says, "Good podcast, Steve. It's always fun to hear your hear you reminisce about the 80s. I'm more of a 70s guy myself, or I'm a 60s guy. Hmm. Better lie and say 70s. Anyway, good show, Steve." And that's from Dave in the Quiet Corner. And that was a response to the Top 10 Challenge from several episodes ago where I really dug into the 80s stuff that uh, that I love. Uh, Warren says, uh, Hey, Steve, I'm loving the Rogue One nuggets that dropped this week. I don't think I want much more information on the movie besides another trailer. I do have one theory I'd like to share. Ben Mendelsohn's character is a security director for the Death Star but isn't at the conference table in A New Hope. I think after the successful theft of the plans... Darth Vader will kill Mendelssohn's character and replace him with someone he trusts and has worked with before. Enter Admiral Ularen. That's a good. That's a good idea, Warren. Of course, uh, Anakin was on Ularen's ship back in the Clone Wars that he served with Admiral Ularen. So it very well could be Ularen is there at the table. He's the guy with the big mustache and he's in the white outfit. I think that it would definitely be a situation in Rogue One. We know how it ends. We know that they steal the plans. And uh, and we know where that leads to. So it wouldn't surprise me to maybe see um, Vader take him out, take him down, do his thing, do his stuff. Um, this comes from Janet. It says, hey, Steve, I love listening to your shows. Although I'm behind, I just noticed a bunch of podcasts no longer have unplayed episodes in the feed is empty, such as Disney Vault Talking Quiz, etc. Any idea why? Perhaps you said in a podcast that I've yet to listen to. I know you're busy, but I'd rather get the occasional podcast and none at all, even though you're not a Star Trek fan. LOL. Uh, here's what happened. We have um, done some stuff behind the scenes to kind of change how our feed works and everything, our RSS feed. Still the same stuff, still the same everything but just with the changeover and and with having to do some stuff in the in the background it removed those episodes for a little bit but they're all back and thank you all for your patience as we tried to update the way we do things around here speaking of the aforementioned uh andy lindeman 
He says, hey, have you heard anything about Candace Patton not returning as Iris West in season three, referring to The Flash? Well, Andy, I'm proud to say that apparently she's in there at least a little bit because in the trailer we saw, there she was, not knowing who Barry was because of the whole Flashpoint situation, which I have my opinions about that, which I'll keep to myself on this show in hopes that Derek and I will soon record. Um, Jonathan Landau says, hey, Steve, it's about 3 a.m. on June 8th, and I'm writing this after the riot in Dallas, and I wanted to write something down and talk to the jolliest man just south of the North Pole. There's no one as jolly as you. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I try, to, I try to keep the jolliness rolling. I'm trying to think of a way not to only unite this great nation, but the whole world, and one thing kept popping into my head. Animapocalypse. What we need is the animals to start working together to rise, but to next uh, see cop and pedestrian working together to take down a group of marsupial monkeys throwing gerbils. Have people of different religions take on koalas who are arriving from Australia on the backs of dolphins. Armies of different worlds fighting turtles who are adolescents and just want some pizza. This might be our only hope, and we need you, Steve Glosson, to lead us in battle. Well, I tell you what, uh, I tried to, I'm trying to lead the charge on that front with the animal apocalypse. If you tune into the Big Honkin' Show, you hear us quite often giving warnings to anyone who will listen that the animals are trying to rise up and take over and we must do everything we can to stamp out their influence and their and their attempts to destroy us as humans uh you know it was ronald reagan who was talking about peace one time and he said he's often wondered if there was a threat from beyond our planet that came would we all be able to unite against it and um sometimes that's what it takes unfortunately as a common enemy to to unite us and to stop the infighting um, he says, in all seriousness, keep the smile on your face, laugh in your voice, and love in your heart because your amazing show brings all that to at least one person in every show. Well, thank you for the kind words, Jonathan. And honestly, the thing is, if we can't have fun and we can't have a good time, then what are we doing and why are we into all this stuff? The minute you get so wrapped up into, um, <clears throat> into, uh, into this stuff, TV, movies, and everything else that, that a slightest change ruins your day or you're throwing stuff around or you're calling people names or making threats, God forbid, threatening people because you don't like a creative choice they made, then that's the moment you need to step away. You know, That's the moment you need to just uh, find something else to do. It is, it is true that if you're miserable in your hobby, if you're miserable with the stuff that you once loved, then just go back to the stuff you loved. If you don't like what... Um, if you don't like what DC is doing in the comics, then you know what? You've got years and years of comics before present day to read. Same thing with Marvel. And quite frankly, it's hard to walk into a comic shop and know what to pick up these days. There's no, um, the, you can't look at the titles and, and know anything that's going on. And, and if I were in charge in any way, that'd be the one thing I would change is like, let's simplify people's experience, their first time experience. Let's simplify what it is to walk into a comic shop and see a title if they're looking for a hero if they're looking for a story let's let's simplify that but you know what they're trade paperbacks and there's things that there are literally hundreds of years worth of material to go back and read same thing with movies and television shows and that sort of thing one of the things i've been wanting to do lately is revisit smallville it was a show i loved and i've not watched in years and and i knew it so well you know it's particularly the first few seasons i just knew so well and 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 they were like comfort food to me every summer as I would rewatch those DVDs getting ready for the next season. And that's one of those things. It's like, you know, why haven't I gone back and revisited that? Has TV's been good and the stuff I've been watching, I've enjoyed, 
But, you know, during these during the summer hiatuses and everything, it was always fun to try to binge watch a show before the new season started or before everything started back up. And that's the great thing about, you know, on-demand viewing nowadays and, and DVD box sets and everything else. You can have your favorite era of television, movies at your fingertips. You don't have to worry about what's being done. You don't like that they're rebooting or remaking a movie. You don't have to go watch it. You don't have to, but, you know, the, why waste energy complaining about it? Why not Why not waste your energy being positive about something? That's what the show really tries to be and tries to have fun. And, guys, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to be positive and be funny at the same time, as you know, because when you listen to me, you'll be like, well, he's not very funny. Still waiting on the origin of Chickafant, but here's an email once again from Chickafant as we clear out the mailbag, referring to episode 183. says, Steve, just a quick note to say thanks to you and Ayers for another great episode of Pass the Corn. I really hope to get to meet Ayers sometime soon. His love of movies, both the good and the bad. It's so much fun to listen to you two together. Make an awesome movie movie reviewing team. Arish uh, is recovering from his time at Comic-Con. I hope that many of you went and hollered past the corn at him over the Del Rey booth there out at uh, San Diego. But uh, we'll have him on sooner than later. As soon as he gets recouped and, and ready to come on, we'll have him on. Chicken Fan says, my parents and I also want to wish you well with the move based on the number of shows that have downloaded since we just finished with this one. Yep, we're a bit behind. It looks like you're back up and running pretty quickly. Good luck getting settled in. We're excited to see what changes you bring to the show and the network. May the hope of some better movies to end the summer be with you. And that's from the Chicka Fan. Um, the move has gone okay. It's gone well. Uh, this is still, surprisingly enough, where I'm at is kind of a temporary location until... I am solidly, solidly on my feet and uh, and can find somewhere else to live. So a um, couple of more little things have to fall in place here or there. But once they do, um, we'll have the goal studios permanently locked in and lo- marked and locked in, as they say in Star Wars. Dustin Kreider, old listener, new emailer, he says. He says, hi, Steve. I've been listening to your show since 2008. I never write in or call in. I got kids, Steve. I'm busy. <laughs> Says, I think I first heard of you when you guest hosted on the 10th Wonder. Oh, that takes me back, Dustin. You know some Joe Humrick stuff. And you just happened to mention in passing you had a podcast called Geek Out Loud. Oh, I mentioned it in passing. Let me tell you something. I used to be the king of self-promotion. There was no one who could promote like me. And I don't know where that went, but I'm going to bring it back. I think it's time. I think it's time to bring it back. It says, I've been with you on all your podcasting journeys ever since, including all three episodes of Blending In. Well, Dustin, the hits just keep on coming. I found your perspective on all things geeky, fun, and refreshing. You, Buck, and Derek have provided me with many good laughs and one-liners that have become part of my everyday vernacular. He had beautiful hair, just as an example. Uh, but most importantly, I'm your brother in Christ. Like you also spent some time in youth ministry, so on what matters, we have much in common. Why have I finally emailed? Well, once I found out you've moved to Rome, Georgia, I had to. I live in southern Tennessee, not too far from Rome. I see a gold meetup in the future. I was just talking about that at the top of the show, Dustin. It's like you're some kind of mind reader or something. On free comic book day or otherwise, maybe even Steve Con could take place in the area. My kids will be thrilled to meet the man behind their favorite Star Wars songs. Speaking of Padawans, you'll be glad to know that they love all things Star Wars, original trilogy, prequel trilogy, Force Awakens, Rebels, and Clone Wars. They also enjoy... 1980s Transformers and Superheroes. Well, 
I am glad. I'm glad you're raising your kids right. Thanks for what you do. Maybe I'll be more active in the goal verse and not a quiet face in the window. And that's from Dustin, also known as Dad L, the last father of Krypton. Well, Dustin, thanks so much for, for writing in. And I, and, and I love having kids uh, listen to the show. That's one. Of the, that's the other one of the things that we really pride ourselves on at Geek Out Loud. In fact, if I can take pride in anything, is that we try to be as family friendly. We try to, as, as family friendly, we try to be family friendly because we know there are kids that listen. We know there are kids that are in this stuff. We know that there are kids who enjoy the stuff that we enjoy. And I want to provide an experience that you can, as a parent, not worry about what your kids are listening to when you've got the, got the podcast plugged in on the road with them. And I try to be funny and I try to be silly and I try to have a good time. So I should shut up talking about it and just do it. Just do it. Sometimes I get in a place where I'm like, I feel like I've gone on and on and I've droned on and on. I've been very boring. And then I feel like, well, there's only one way to break the monotony of my boring talk. And, um, well, that is uh, with a little song. So sometimes I'm like, well, let's just dance, everybody. You get kind of bopping in your chair wherever you're at, you know. On the Big Honkin' Show, we say goozles up because my mama always called that thing that hangs down in the back of your throat your goozle. <laughs> <A bit. laughs> Apparently, the real name for it is like uvula, which is also fun to say, but it sounds a little technical and a little dirty at the same time. So my mama just always called it goozle. And our good friend Carissa, who is part of the Mixer Zoo crew, uh, also a voice teacher, uh, at times told us that when you're hitting the real high notes that your goozle goes up and so we said goozles up is uh is our call to sing along so you put your uvula in a raised position like this oh see how that breaks the monotony up if you want to email us, you can do so, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. What we like to hear in the emails is what you've been listening to, what you've been looking at, what you've been reading, what you've been writing, what you've been watching, what you've been doing. Basically, it's what's up with you. So email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Talk about what you've been geeking out about lately. Let us know what's on your mind. Let us know what you think of the things that have come out of Comic-Con and that sort of thing. And... Um, and, and what you're excited about, maybe what you're not so excited about, what you may be a little bit confused about, what what you're not so happy about. Um, you know, but keep it civil. That's the only thing we ask, is keep it civil. Speaking of Comic-Con, uh, that did just happen this past week, and it's always... Comic-Con's one of those things that if you're there, you're not going to see it all, and even if you're trying to track it online, you've got to decide specifically what you're going to be looking for online because there there are so many different... Um, companies and and, uh, and and products and uh, licenses that show up out there, and it's a uh, it's almost a twenty four seven thing. Entertainment Weekly devoted their whole Sirius XM channel to Comic Con over the weekend, and and so if you're driving around, you turn that on, you could hear some great interviews. There are some panels that were streamed live online. Marvel did a great job of um, providing some live content. And they had some cool interviews that would come in and out of their their live streaming show. They were mostly from the show floor there. They weren't doing any hall shows or showing many panels or anything like that. It wasn't a celebration kind of thing. 
but it had that same feel and that same vibe with some really good hosts uh, talking about what's coming up. A couple of little things of note, you know, of course, as, as, as I mentioned, that we, we have seen a Flash trailer. There was an Arrow trailer that I hadn't got to watch yet. I did watch that DC Legends trailer, but a lot of news coming out of what's going to be going on on the CW TV happenings that, um, that you know, kind of bode well for everything and everybody. Um, the uh, <clears throat> comic book-wise, there was a lot of stuff happening. I always like to follow the toy news and see what Mattel is doing and see what Hasbro is doing and see what Hot Wheels are doing and, and everything. And I haven't... And here's the thing. I haven't been able to find a, a definitive uh, recap of any of their panels. And so, you know, I, I just kind of, I'll do a quick Google and then I'll, and then I'll leave it be. But, um, but it's always fun to kind of see what they're doing with their different licenses and stuff. Uh, Hasbro, not just for the Star Wars line, which I'm very interested in, as you know, but also, uh, you know, they have Transformers. They have the Marvel line and, and it's really cool. Those figures are really cool to look at. And I almost got back into collecting them at one point, but I just can't, I just don't have the, the room or the money to, to go all in on, on Marvel figure collecting, even though they do look really cool. Um, so I, um, so I like to watch those things. And Mattel has in the past, they used to have, I don't know if they still do, but they had like a He-Man subscription service where you could get like a figure every so often or whatever you pay so much and get so many figures throughout the year. And they have a, uh, you know, last year they had a panel talking about what was coming up with that. And that was just really neat to watch and look at. And there was talk of doing this just massive Castle Grayskull thing that looked amazing. Um, and I never really followed up on that because again, they're pretty to look at. It's just not, can't, um, can't quite, uh, can't quite get, get all into it. Um, excuse me, Alyssa Lee in the chat says she found a seventies Darth Vader helmet case with some of the old characters in it. Uh, Alyssa Lee, just snap a shot, email it to me. I can tell you exactly what to do with them. And if you just don't want them, I can tell you exactly where to send them. I do, I do have a shelter for discarded Star Wars figures, so I will take them even if they're junk. Um, so uh, let's get into this stuff. The, the big things for me, and I just want to, the things that I did get to see and, and I did uh, pay attention to, uh, the Marvel panel, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe panel, it was not live stream. Really quickly, just another quick bullet point, Ghost Rider is definitely coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which blows my mind. Um, not that, it, and understand when I say it blows my mind, it doesn't mean it excites me. I have a love board relationship with agents of shield when they're good. They're really, really good. But when it's not good, it's just not, it's like, I don't have to watch this. I'm just going to leave it be. I'm still not really, I, I know who Mac is. I know that skies now Daisy, of course, I know Colson in may, I know Grant Ward. I still don't know the difference between Fitz and Simmons. I always get those two confused still. And we're going into, what, the fourth season? Third? The fifth season? One season of this. Um, but to know they've got your cool ancillary characters like Glenn Talbot in there and that sort of thing um, is really neat. You know, the inhuman stuff, I, I don't know. It got kind of convoluted, and then it got kind of weird, and then it got kind of good. And and I really like the close of last last season's uh last season's season i like the close of it i like the the season finale i feel like what marvel tv is doing best though is happening over on netflix with the two seasons of daredevil the season of jessica jones and the upcoming luke cage they had a really cool luke cage uh kind of trailer for what's coming up um in the fall with luke cage and then they showed a little bit 
um, of uh, Iron Fist kind of stuff. Uh, just a few, like a snippet or two, because they haven't really filmed much, but just got more like a, not even, you can't even call it a sizzle reel, almost like a teaser poster kind of thing teaser thing for for iron fist but then they did do like a teaser poster for sure for the defenders where there was just bits of newspaper ripping away to reveal different character logos and big letters and all to come together to show defenders so they're still on that defenders track on the netflix stuff and i feel like that's where they're doing things really well is on the netflix series and 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 shield seems to be trying to catch up you know they got that abc disney money they need to be putting into stuff and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is no different because when you talk about a character like Ghost Rider coming, that's going to be an effects-heavy character. So it's going to be in like two or three episodes probably. I, I wouldn't expect to see Ghost Rider all season long, and I wouldn't expect to see him be actual Ghost Rider except for maybe 10, 15 minutes tops. Um, but uh, but they had the flame and chains on some bus ads and everything, and there were some people who were saying it was an inhuman, like... They were kind of denying the whole Ghost Rider thing, and then they made the reveal at Comic-Con, which is cool. It's cool to have a character like Ghost Rider in there. Ghost Rider is one of those Marvel characters who is really popular with a niche group. Um, you know, in the 90s, he got very popular because he was edgy, and or he is edgy, and, you know, and he's got that that kind of mystical thing going. Um, he's he, To me, he's never been one of my favorites, and he's never been one that could... If you look at the history of him, he hasn't been able to carry a book very well on his own, but he's always a great guest appearance when he shows up because he just throws a, a big monkey in the wrench and, and just messes things up, you know, he's because he's so different from everything else that those characters and heroes are. So he's a great supporting cast and guest star in a, in a comic book. Um, but at the Marvel movie panel... Uh, they opened up with Thor Ragnarok, and apparently they were doing some really neat stuff with effects and smoke and fog and everything. They revealed Surtur, uh, the demon. They showed some. They, they showed a very little bit of like some motion footage. the The new logo for Thor Ragnarok kind of looks weird to me. It looks like the like the title screen of an old Nintendo game, and I'm not really sure what that's about. I'm not really sure what that look is about. Why they moved away from what they had originally had. Uh, but also on display at Comic-Con, they had one day the uh, the Hulk armor, big helmet, shoulder piece thing, and two just massive weapons. And uh, so we're going to get Hulk planet hooked up is, is what's going to happen. If you kind of want to get an idea of what um, Hulk looked like in Planet Hulk, you need to... Um, you need to... Uh, What am I saying? You need to, uh, what am I saying right now? What am I talking about? Google. You need to Google images of, of Planet Hulk. Why, how did I, my brain just shut off. Like it just said done. It was just like, I am through right now, Glosson, and you will talk no more. You will just shut your mouth. Shut it. Just shut your mouth. And I don't know what I did to make my brain so angry at me, but it was angry. For what seemed like an eternity, it was completely angry. So what I'm trying to tell you is Google Planet Hulk um, and look at his gladiator look, or just Google like Gladiator Hulk and, and kind of see and that and I mean and they're spot on with the with the armor they showed. So and apparently it was really something cool to see. The way they did the Thor part of the panel was really neat, apparently. Um they also had the Black Panther cast on stage. They filmed nothing yet for Black Panther, but they were all there, and they revealed a few new characters and who was playing who. 
I am, I've never been, and I've made this abundantly clear, I've never been a huge Black Panther fan. But I was also not a huge Iron Man fan when Iron Man came to the movie screens. Uh, I liked him. I was not against him, but it was just not like, oh, I got to pick up Iron Man. If Hulk was in an, in, a, in an issue of Iron Man or something, I would read, you know, I would check it out. If there was a crossover event going on or an Avengers tile, you know, and he was in there, I would check him out. So I was familiar with him, but like, I couldn't tell you what happened in Armor Wars. I couldn't tell you what happened in the Demon in a Bottle storyline, you know, but now, thanks to John Favreau, Tony, uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, that it's, that character's a household name. Black Panther is kind of the same thing. I know a little bit more about Black Panther because he had a pretty tight relationship with the Fantastic Four, and I was an avid Fantastic Four reader. And um, But I was never like, oh, I, I wish they'd make a Black Panther movie. But, uh, man, Chadwick Boseman, is, he was fantastic in Civil War, and I just want to spend more time with that character now and in Wakanda and just kind of see what what they're going to do with Wakanda and, and what that story is just going to, you know, I can't wait for the telling of that story. They actually had some Spider-Man homecoming footage they showed, which was kind of like they did a day in the life of a, of a teenager apparently. And it ended with the vulture being confirmed as the villain. Um, and I believe, I believe that it is, uh, Michael Keaton who is actually going to be playing the vulture. This is something that, Sam Raimi wanted to do years ago with Spider-Man 3. Sam Raimi didn't want anything to do with Venom. He wanted it to be the Vulture and Sandman because Sam, Ra Sam Raimi is of that classic uh, Ditko, Stan Lee kind of era of Spider-Man where the Sinister Six was comprised of uh, Dr. Octopus, um, Sandman, uh, Vulture, Electro, and I... I believe the sixth member of the original Sinister Six might have been the Green Goblin. And and if you look at the pattern um, of uh, of where he was going with those movies, if, uh, if he'd been able to get there, I'm sorry, it was uh, the original Sinister Six was Electro, Vulture, Sandman, Dr. Octopus, so that's four, Craven the Hunter and Mysterio. Mysterio, one of my favorite Spider-Man villains of all time. I love Mysterio. I think he is outstanding. They came back in a great story in the 90s that I absolutely loved. And they replaced Craven because he was dead with the Hobgoblin. And then they came back around in Spider-Man uh, with the, 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 the one in Amazing Spider-Man was, was Return of the Sinister Six. And then in the adjectiveless Spider-Man title, they did Revenge of the Sinister Six, and Spidey had all kinds of guest stars in that. Uh, everyone from Deathlock to Ghost Rider to Nova, and um, and the Hulk was in there. Um, no, the Hulk wasn't in it. I'm sorry. There was a Hulk mentioned because Dr. Octopus turned Sandman into glass because he said, I, I learned this from one of your previous encounters with the Hulk because there was a time... I'm geeking out right now. There was an issue of the Incredible Hulk that featured the Sandman, and he went into this um, pressurized steam thing and came out as glass, and he froze solid as glass. So, um, and I just thought that was the coolest. I love that throwback to 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 that storyline because I had that comic book where I had a reprinting of that particular story that I loved. And when I read that in in the adjective of Spider-Man, I was just blown away. I'm like, this is perfect. This is fantastic. So, anyway, I've, I've run my mouth 
way too much on that situation. But I, what I'm saying is, is, is Raimi wanted to do Vulture. He didn't want to do villain, uh, Venom in Spider-Man 3. And I think, and, and there was a lot of studio pressure because they felt a lot of fan pressure um, to to go Venom. Everyone wanted to see Venom. And they did, and we got what we got in Spider-Man 3. And, um, <clears throat> and unfortunately, it wasn't, it was not, well received and and if, if you if you're a patreon supporter and you listen to the first ever exclusive podcast we did where i did commentary on spider-man 3 you find out that yeah i realized there's no wonder this movie wasn't well received i did not enjoy it but <laughs> to watch it again i i it's one of those things that i really tried to be positive about for so long but it just kind of falls apart it feels very disjointed when you watch through and but and I think that's because of the alien nature of the costume and everything. I think you could have had a more natural team up with the Vulture and Sandman and um, and things kind of come around and, and it been a little bit different outcome. Don't have Harry Osborn as a Green Goblin in there, but, you know, have a little bit of a different outcome. I think it would have been, you know, little tweaks in there could have been better. But this, uh, the Vulture's been someone, and because of Sam Raimi's... Um, you know, he was vocal about wanting the Vulture. He He was not quiet about that kind of being his idea and what he wanted and because of that i think fans have wanted to see that even though the vulture is not one of my favorites you know vulture is honestly in the comics he's kind of an old man and spidey plays that for laughs a lot uh but he can get vicious you know and and and, um if michael keaton is indeed playing the vulture and I'm, i'm looking for some confirmation on that right now because i thought um that uh by the way dylan newhouse yes uh, that was Eric Larson's. That was part of Eric Larson's run on the Sinister Six. It was the return of the Sinister Six, and I don't know if he did the adjectiveless Spider-Man, but that was Revenge of the Sinister Six, and it might have well been him because they like to follow up Todd Larson or Todd McFarlane with Eric Larson, and that's what they did in the Amazing Spider-Man title because he had a very similar style to McFarlane. He and so it wasn't a, a, a very abrupt, jarring thing. His lines weren't as thick as McFarlane's. But he was a, still had a very similar style, um, and and he might have done the same thing in the adjectiveless Spider-Man. Not sure. Anyway, uh, I think people just want to see the Vulture, and so I think. And, and if and if Michael Keaton has been confirmed, and I and I'm trying to uh, to get that because he was in, then he was out, and then he was out again, um, and uh, and and now I don't know. Uh, this is from two days ago. Um, Spider-Man to, to Battle the Vulture and Homecoming. This comes from UPI.com. And, um, and there's, a, there's a little bit of uh, concept art there. Uh, let's see. This says nothing. It just says that Michael Keaton confirmed for cast. Um, but they did not, okay, they did not specify what role he would be playing. So it's still not quite confirmed, but everyone else is saying, um, <clears throat> uh, everyone else is saying that, uh, that it is the vulture. So I, I have no reason not to believe it. I have no reason to believe it, but we'll see. So they did show that it was, that was the Spider-Man part of it. Spider-Man homecoming, then Dr. Strange and they had the Dr. Strange cast come out and there was a lot of to do being made about Tilda Swinton and um you know from different people and 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 people that i was reading live blogs with and uh and they and some things she had to say 
But then they showed a trailer. They showed a full Doctor Strange trailer, which we won't be playing right now. And I, but I got to tell you, I just... I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I wasn't disappointed. I didn't think it looked terrible. I think it looks really cool. I like what they're doing with the magic and with the shifting of the realities and everything. But I'm looking forward to it, but I, I, I'm i not excited about it, if that makes sense. This is not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, we've got to go see Doctor Strange. It's going to be amazing, which... You know, on one hand, is is kind of a good thing because it may be one of those things where they're able to really surprise me, and I come away just absolutely loving it. Same, it was kind of the same thing I felt going into Ant Man. I was like, okay, this will be all right. You know, the trailers were kind of funny. Okay, I see what's happening, but I just didn't know really what to. I, I wasn't super excited, but when I came out, I was like, I love this movie. I think it's a great. I think it's a fantastic movie. So. We shall see. I'll be in the theater for it. Make no mistake about that. But um, but they got to do a little bit more to get me excited. What did get me excited out of this panel was the stuff that came out about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, initially, they had some Ravagers come up on stage in full costume, led by Taserface. Now, Taserface is the name of a villain from the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's originally from... The original Guardians of the Galaxy in the 90s, um, and it's a dumb name. I mean, there's no getting around it. Taserface is a stupid name. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was the leader of what was called the Stark, as I recall. And, um, and of course, the Stark being, you know, a technological... Um, uh, base group technology based group there in the future and um you know a perversion i guess of of what tony stark had originally wanted to do and there's a lot of that that happens in uh in some of the future stuff from the 90s uh when you get into into 90s comics from the 2099 line right on into the guardians of the galaxy because the original guardians of the galaxy are from like the 20 the 31st century um something i think the 2031st century yeah like the 31st century. So, and the whole point is, um, they, uh, they're, they're aliens and, uh, the leader Vance Astro is actually from earth, but he's super old and he's in the suit that if it, if, if air is exposed in any way to it, he turns to dust. So, uh, yeah, it makes no sense when you think about it too much. So that's why I say, don't think about it too much. But um, I love that. I love that series. I, I collected the Guardians of the Galaxy back in the '90s as a young comic book reader, and uh, really enjoyed it. And Taserface is just one of those characters. It's a stupid name, but you know, it was so cool. That's the, and that's what for me. That's one of the great things about the first Guardians of the Galaxy. There's so many little things that just get dropped in there that I'm like, oh, I remember that. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Like when when. Um, when Barit is on the Milano, when he uh, when he gets off of the planet after he's gotten the orb and he's getting away from him and she comes up out from underneath the, the hold and, and he's like, uh, hey, what's your name? And she's like, Barit. I'm like, I remember Barit. She was in the Incredible Hulk comics way back when. So those little things like that are really cool to me. But um, Yondu comes out. Michael Rooker came out full Yondu makeup with a fin. Now, uh, people are like, what, a fin? You might be like, huh, what you talking about, a fin? Google Yondu. <laughs> hey, Big Hogan, 
Google Yandu. Google Google Yandu, and if you'll find Yandu from the 90s, you'll see a blue-skinned guy with a huge fin on his head. Um, and that is how Yandu looked in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. So I didn't have a problem with Yandu as he was portrayed in this Guardians of the Galaxy because he's a different Yandu, but he's of the same species and everything. Well, apparently someone had stolen his fin, and that's why he had no fin on top of his head. And so they actually showed a clip of he and Rocket going after uh, after the fin. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, Kurt Russell is going to be added to the cast. And this, and this is a little spoilery, but they announced it. I mean, this was something they announced. And so I don't think that it's meant to be as big a spoiler as people may think it is because James Gunn has even said there's a lot more to this movie. You know, obviously to give this away is not something that they feel like is going to ruin the movie. Um, but he is playing Ego. Now, Ego is Star-Lord's dad in this in this incarnation, in the cinematic incarnation of, uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy. Here's the thing. Ego is a living planet. He is Ego, the living planet. How in the world does a planet father a child? These are the questions that will be answered in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I... I had said, and you can go back and, and listen to my initial Guardians reaction and, and us, and I think Eric and I actually talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was calling Starhawk. I was saying it'll be Starhawk, who is the father of uh, Peter Quill, and uh, try to give a little bit of you know information about who Starhawk was in the comics and that sort of thing. Every, there were other people who felt the same way as I did. There were... Um, there were people who had other uh, other ideas. There was the there was people who were saying, "Well, it's definitely the guy that is in the comics," you know. And and I'm just like, I think I'm I'm going to stick with Starhawk. That's what I'm going to stick with. And I, I don't care who you are, unless you have dated, sealed, mailed to yourself, and post dated, <laughs> you know, or postmarked rather. A letter to yourself that says, on this day, such and such a day, and such and such a year, I say that Ego, the living planet, is Peter Quill's father. I will not believe that you ever dreamed that it would be Ego, the living planet, who was Peter Quill's father. And the fact that they're bringing Ego to the screen, and however they do this with Kurt Russell, whether he's a planet or not, or just some type of dude that's like a force of nature, I win. Way to go, Guardians. Way to go, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You've blown me away, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for being you. Um, now, none of this footage, the only footage that was put out by uh, Marvel Studios, was, and they did show footage. They showed a couple of clips um, from Guardians 2, but the only footage they actually put out was that Doctor Strange trailer. Now, that's obviously marketing, and I'm not, you know, look, that's fine. Apparently, the panel itself was awesome. But the on the online content wasn't quite there, and that's fine with me. That's okay. It, it's you know, I didn't pay money to go to San Diego Comic Con. I wasn't there. I you know, if someone somehow filmed the footage and it gets bootlegged and put up online, will I watch it? Of course I will. I want to see it. But 
I also recognize that sooner than later we'll get some trailers, we'll get teasers, you know, we'll get all that stuff, and it'll be really cool, and 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 we're gonna see it. Like there's this there's this thing of where we've forgotten how to be patient as fans sometimes, and so you know, I just I would have liked to have seen a few more pictures and that sort of thing from what they were doing, because it really did sound like what they did with the Thor Ragnarok stuff was very cool. Um, and, and this Guardians 2 stuff. So it sounds like they started off and ended the panel with a big bang. Um, and people were really happy with what they saw. Online, so much of we're sitting at home, you know, back across the country. Yeah, you know, a little underwhelmed because of what had happened earlier that day. Well, what happened, Steve, you may say? Well, first off, this happened. You're a man. Yeah. I mean... Does that look like one? You have been my greatest love. Be careful, Diana. I do not deserve you. Have you never met a man before? I mean, what about your father? I had no father. I was brought to life by Zeus. Well, that's neat. I mean, come on, right? It's Ashley I'm Steve Pappas. Secretary? What is the secretary? I'm very well tells me to go and I do what he tells me to do. I really like her. Fantastic. I missed the tag. I'm sorry, guys. There's that great tag on where she's talking to Steve Trevor's secretary, and she's like, basically, I do whatever he wants me to do. And she's like, well, where I'm come from, they call that slavery. And she goes, I really like her. Um, this was a fantastic trailer, fantastic way to show that they've got a Wonder Woman movie off the ground and, and it is just like, oh, 
like from the moment she's walking across that dance floor and she just reaches back and you see there's a sword sheathed within her dress my lanta and she just she's kicking butt in that trailer Chris Pine is great. I may be a bit of a pine nut. I I, I really like him and everything I've seen him in. Um, you know, very charming as Steve Trevor, and uh, but has that wholesome look and feel about him too. As, as you get into this, I love when he's like, "Don't didn't you know your father?" And she's like, "I was created by Zeus." Like, well, that's neat. The there's a tone. There's a tone to this that is like, get ready for an adventure. Get ready for you know what comic books and comic book movies are meant to be the fun exciting adventure you know with the danger with everything else like that the 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 lasso effects were there in superman v batman or batman v superman um they were there when she was fighting uh doomsday but here you know to see them in in more daylight in in a little bit better lighting it just looks so cool man so cool uh, I just, uh, I really, I'm really looking forward to that. And DC dropped that on us. And, you know, and good, good. It was expected. They also had a Suicide Squad kind of sizzle reel that they showed uh, that, that they actually put online as well. Here's the thing with the Suicide Squad. I'm, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you're not going to see me get really pumped and excited about Suicide Squad just because I'm, you know, I'm not against it. It looks good. I'll be there for it, but it's not one of those things that I can talk really super intelligently about. Um, it's just not in my wheelhouse because they are villains. And, and for me, you guys know how I feel. I like my heroes. You know, I like my heroes. Um, so they, they had the Suicide Squad and stuff. They dropped the Wonder Woman stuff, which was amazing. But then, in a move that no one saw coming... Um, and this is one of those things, it's like, yeah, do this for Hall H at Comic-Con, but as soon as the thing was over, uh... There is a stranger who comes to this village from the sea. He comes in the winter when people are hungry and brings fish. He comes on the king tide. That was last night. Talk. I believe that an enemy is coming from far away. I'm looking for warriors, this stranger, others like him. I'm building an alliance to defend us. It's very important that I see this man. Barry Allen, Bruce Wayne. Said that like it explains why there's a total stranger sitting in the dark in my second favorite chair. He said he'll fight with us? More or less. More, more, or more, less. Probably more or less. He said no. He said no. Look, man, I don't know who you are, but whoever you're looking for. So you're fast. 
that feels like an oversimplification. I'm putting together a team, people with special abilities. You see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah, I... I need friends. Great. Can I keep this? Eric and I were talking on the last pass the corn about the um, about the uh, about the press conference slash set visit they did with all the bloggers, all these different bloggers, something they've never really done before. I, yes, they do set visits, and yes, they do press conferences and that sort of thing, but but to actually reach out to specific niche blogs and websites and have them come to set was kind of unprecedented and Warner Brothers is really doing the work to get out there <clears throat> that um that um that this is not of the same tone this is not of the same tenor of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman that with the death of Superman there there tends there's a change in in the tenor of things um it, it seems like there's going to be an in-world explanation for it like Bruce Wayne actually smiles when Barry says I'm in you know like there is a I can't really you're in you know um and this isn't a trailer per se it's more of a, a hype reel or I guess a sizzle reel um but oh it just look this is what I wanted to feel for Batman v Superman this is what I really wanted to feel when I left Man of Steel this is what seeing this this way it's like okay it is serious there's not there is seriousness to it, okay? It's not because they're having fun or because they're jokes. It doesn't mean that it's campy. It doesn't mean that it's gone Batman 66 or Batman and Robin. It just means that we understand, just like with the Wonder Woman thing, that there's a sense of adventure, a sense of fun, a sense of excitement with what's going on, and that if you're too morose, if you're too dark, if you're trying to be too heavy with things, then what you don't get is the awe and wonder of seeing these characters on screen. That one shot of Aquaman standing as the waves crash around him is just awe-inspiring and immediately makes Aquaman so cool. Makes him so, so, so very cool. And I just can't wait to see this. I think it is just absolutely... um, I, I think what they've done is a great, great, great um, situation with with the with just the tonal changes. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the logo. Not a big fan of just. It looks like something that was kind of left over from some other time. Um, and I'm not a fan of the Flash's outfit. But you know what? It pops. It's red. It pops off the screen. That's fine. Uh, I'm not. Those are minor quibbles that are not even worth bringing up almost. I think it's going to be really, really cool to see um, these folks actually be 
heroes. This is what I've wanted to see from a DC film. I'll tell you what I told Chad Reed the other day. We were talking, and, and I said, here's the thing about, and this was before this ever dropped. I said, here's the thing. And, and, I've, and I've said this for years and years and years and years, that Marvel has superheroes. Marvel is chock full of superheroes. DC is chock full of legends. And that comes from being the first through the door on all uh, all fronts with DC. They, Superman's the first real, you know, mainstream, big deal superhero, followed by Batman, followed by Wonder Woman, you know, and then Captain America comes onto the scene, you know, over in Timely Comics or whatever the case may be, but, you know, during World War II. But these characters endured beyond that, and it wouldn't be until the 60s that we saw Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and the Incredible Hulk kind of show up. But this is now after 20 years of DC already doing it, in some cases 30 years. So these characters, 75 plus years for some of these characters, have been in the in the mainstream's conscience, in in the mainstream's uh, you know mainstream mindset and, and everything, and and that's why there is honestly a much more critical eye toward what they're doing. That's why you better go in and have fun with these characters. That's why you better go in and, and enjoy what you're seeing with these characters. And that's why Superman has got to be the beacon of hope that he's always been. Superman has always been the strongest man in the world, the strongest person in the room, the most powerful individual that we can imagine taking up for the weakest people we can imagine. That's who Superman is. And and because of his moral character and because of that, that it is always the bad guys who think it's a bad thing that he's an alien. You know, in a, in a day and age when, when, when that shouldn't be an issue, you know, it's, it's the weirdest thing to kind of draw upon with him. The world is dark enough without having to put angst on Superman. And, and so when we get here to this Justice League and you've got Wonder Woman and Batman having banter back and forth and, and Batman and Flash having a little bit of banter and Aquaman just being a jerk apparently, you know, but still a good enough dude to bring in... Um, to bring in fish to people. And think about this now. Look, how betrayed must those fish feel? Because you know he talks them in like, all right, come with me, guys. I'm going to take you somewhere really special. And he brings them to the hungry people on land. Aquaman, betraying fish. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a, it's a good, um, it was a great look at that movie. It's a great look at what they're going to be doing. And for the first time, for the first time in a long time, DC won the Comic-Con. You know, if there is a competition, DC won it. So, um, I really 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 liked uh what what i saw there and so those those are kind of some of my biggest takeaways from from what happened at uh at the old dc dc comic-con um before we go there's one other thing i wanted to talk about because i have been introduced to something um over the course of the past week or so and i've had people tell me i need to watch it need to watch it need to watch it 
and I finally did. But I'm, I feel like I've been droning on and on and on and on about stuff. And so, whenever that happens, I feel like there needs to be, um, there needs to be a little bit of, uh, you know, some type of interlude. But I have no easy transition in this, so we'll do what we always do: just music. This is the unofficial house band of the Goldiverse. This is Rock Sugar. Raise your uvulas. Goozles up. As we uh, get in an 80s frame of mind, everybody, because what we're going to be talking about is very heavily 80s kind of stuff, um, I also want to tell you one of the other ways you can help out the shows if you want to is do your shopping at Amazon through the links at the geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com websites. When you click on those links and go to Amazon and do your shopping that way, it helps the shows out tremendously. Um, it's a big deal. And the more that you click and shop, the more it helps. Not... I mean, it becomes an exponential thing, not just a, oh, you bought more, so it helped out a little bit more. It becomes an exponential thing. For example, if by the end of the month we can refer through those links 203 more items, the referral rate goes up. We've already seen it go up a couple of times thanks to all the help from folks who listen to the Big Honkin' Show every morning. And it's kind of become this challenge of can you get it, can we get there? And I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted where we get. But at geekoutonline.com, geekoutpodcast.com, Click those banners, head to Amazon, do your shopping like you normally would, and it will really, really help us out. And we appreciate you using those links to help out the Goliverse. Let the choir sing. When you call my name, it's like a little prayer. I'm down on my knees. I want to take you there. In the midnight hour, I can feel your power. Just like a prayer, you know I'll take you there. You shook me up I just kind of thought, how funny it would be if I played a prank on myself and just stopped the music but kept singing. Would that be funny to you guys as though someone else were in here? And then I realized, but I know I'm doing it, so I can't really prank myself. You ever try to prank yourself? It just doesn't work. doesn't really work out as well as you, as you might think it would. Um... Late, late last night, because I got locked into it and just could not stop until I was done with all eight episodes. Um, I only had like two or three to go, but uh, but I just wouldn't stop until it was done last night. Late last night, I wrapped up watching on Netflix, Stranger Things. I, guys, and I don't, I do not apologize for calling you guys. Right now, people... Of Geek Out Loud, Guardians of the Goliverse, um, Gamma, Gamma Omega Lambda members. That's goal, and in, in the, that's the Greek fraternity. Listen, folks, friends, hear what I'm saying. If you like the the works of Steven Spielberg, the works of Stephen King. The works of one John Carpenter. If you like movies from the 80s, watch Stranger Things. This show made me feel so good 
just to watch it. There, it, it's a show. It's centered around kids in this community who are kind of the outcast. You know, they're playing their Dungeons and Dragons for ten and twelve hours on the weekend. You know, down in the kids' basement. It is. It's set in nineteen eighty and three. Um, in the in the winter of nineteen eighty three, Return of the Jedi has now come and gone. Um, but it's all the stuff is is very much on the minds and in the in the hearts and minds of of these kids as they're going through. Uh, what they end up going through. Middle school kids, so it's very Spielberg in that sense. Kids who can't trust the adults in their lives and with, with all the stuff they're discovering and finding out. Um, but meanwhile, it, it's it got kind of a creepy, uh, little bit of a, a horror, scary vibe. Kind of like, I'll be honest with you, some people have kind of said Stephen King. I say it's more along the lines of a poltergeist situation. Um, you know, and, and people invoke John Carpenter based on some of the music and everything. It's got this great man. The the entrance here's the minute I'm watching this thing. It, it opens up how it opens up, you know, and and then it goes to the opening credits. The opening credits are these two red lines that come that that start real big on the screen and, and start to move away from the front of the screen. Well, you realize it's an A or an N. And all and, and and all these other red lined letters, they're 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 like bubble not bubble letters is the wrong word, but they're black on the inside, red lines, black title card, they all just kind of come floating in to form the name over the synthesized, scary, eighty sounding music. Meanwhile, once it kind of stops, it's got that little bit of a shake that the old title cards would have, like when you watch them on DVD where because because of the, the, the placement, of, because of the way they were on film. It was an optical thing that, that they, they couldn't get them to stay steady the way they would film it. Um, but there's also put in there dust, you know, dust particles and scratches and blemishes on the title card. It feels like you're watching something. For, it feels nostalgic without actually being nostalgic. It is fantastic. It is so good. Um is it fearless? I don't know that it's a fearless show, but they do make some choices, especially toward the end that I would not have made that I didn't want to see them make, but it was so good. And they leave enough open-ended. They, they wrap up the story in eight episodes, but they leave enough open-ended. They've talked about, they've got sequel. They call it the creators of the show call them sequels. The Netflix people call them, uh, seasons. Um, but uh, this is, it, they, they've got sequels to it, and they set it up so well. They set it up so well for what could come, but they still wrap it up enough that if nothing comes of it, then you're satisfied. It is, it's glorious. It is a glorious eight episodes of television, and I cannot recommend it enough. Now, there is a moment where the kids pick up a Millennium Falcon, and as I saw them pick it up, I said, wow, that's really shinier than what the Millennium Falcon of that era was. And um and it is the wrong one. It's it's not uh it's not a vintage Millennium Falcon. That and I'm thinking they're never going to show it close enough for me to tell for sure, but then they kind of pan around, they show there's a paint app on the side that that's not on the vintage version. And I'm like, okay, that's definitely not a vintage Millennium Falcon. Maybe they just made one, you know, or they did you know, I, who knows. And then they show up from the back, and it's got, um, you can see the, the translucent coverings over what are basically LED lights on the back end of the Falcon there that make like the engine lights when you push a button. 
um, those were actually decals back in the 80s on the vintage when it wasn't um, it wasn't engine lights. And uh, so I, I, it's it, what they're using there. And this is just, look, this is not a criticism. It's a sign of my obsession with Star Wars toys. Is a 2004 original trilogy collection um, Millennium Falcon, version of the Millennium Falcon. And I, and I tweeted that out. And, and, and some people started to jump on me like, give him a break, man. Give him a break. And, and I wasn't being critical. It wasn't me saying, oh, this ruined it. It took me out of it. I started making in-universe explanations of it because based on what happens uh in this town there could very well be a time warp where they end up getting uh, a future millennium falcon and thinking it's just a regular 1983 millennium falcon so uh it's a it's a plausible thing but i i i really really like this show the kids in the show are fantastic there's a little girl in the show who has to who has to carry a lot of emotional weight with what goes on and she does a she does a great job. Winona Ryder um is is doing great work in this thing. It it is just I can't I cannot recommend this show enough. I don't know that it's something you want to watch with your children. <clears throat> Parents, you need to decide that. Uh because it does get a little scary at sometimes. Um but it you know, parents I would watch it and then see if it's something you want your kids to be watching. Um, just for the scariness factor of it all, but man, oh man, I can't, I can't recommend it. If you're a child of the eighties, cannot recommend this show enough. If you're a child of the seventies, cannot recommend this show enough. It is really, really good stuff. And, and, uh, and I just want, I, it's what I do, man. I just really, you know, whenever I see something, I get super excited and, um, and and want and, and just want to see people love it too. So check out Stranger Things on Netflix. Once it's been on there a little bit longer, I'm gonna do a, a couple of episodes. I, I wanted to do this with Daredevil. I wanted to go through each episode and kind of do a segment where I talked about each episode of Daredevil, and I never got around to that. I'd love to do that with Stranger Things to rewatch it and go through and just kind of talk about an episode at a time or maybe blog about an episode at a time, that sort of thing. But it's definitely worth watching again. If you were a teen in the eighties, I think you'll like it as well, Wendy. Uh, it's, it's one of those, it's just one of those things that will really take you back to the type of movies that were, that were going on back then. I cannot, cannot suggest it enough to you. It's, I'm just exci- I'm excited about it. I got excited watching it from the moment the title cards came up. I was like, "I'm in, I am in. You, you have me. You had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at hello." By the way, Marvel uh, rolled out one thing I forgot in their panel. They rolled out a new fanfare. Um, not sure how I feel about it. It looks great. The the new, you know, they they they, it, it, well, yeah, it looks great. I just I really liked what Brian Tyler had done, and then I saw someone saying, "Oh, that crappy music is so simple and blah blah blah, yaggedy schmaggedy blah blah," and I'm just in there, but I liked it. What's the problem? I don't know what the problem is. Why why don't he like it? What's what's the matter? What's what's the matter there, buddy? So, um, I think that'll wrap it up, gang. 
30th anniversary of Transformers the movie is coming up pretty soon and uh, I've got a I've been trying to get in touch with someone to talk Transformers with me um, I, the Techno Retro Dads have invited me on in the future for I don't want to spoil anything sorry but they've, they've invited me to come on in a future episode to talk Transformers the movie with them but I want to talk Transformers in general at some point on this show maybe doing that very soon so hang out hang around keep tuning in if you want to Email us. We'd love to get your emails. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com is the email. You can follow us on Twitter at Geekoutloud. Follow the entire Goliverse at Goliverse. I'm at Steve Lawson on the Twitter. Eric Schernevice, who does Pass the Corn with us and who's recovering from Comic-Con, is at Darth underscore Duff on Twitter. Support the shows through Patreon, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. It supports the entire Goliverse. It keeps us up and running, keeps us uh, producing content, keeps us making shows. For those of you who have um, donated at the Google Hangout level, watch your message boxes. We will uh, be messaging you about Google Hangouts coming up soon. Uh, There is an exclusive podcast coming later this week. If you can't donate at those levels, even if you give a dollar, every now and again there will be a little surprise for you in there. So patreon.com slash geek out loud if you can't do that use our amazon links geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com or head over to geekoutonline.com and buy a shirt all of it helps me out we got some new shirts coming soon and some new ways to buy shirts our special badge series of t-shirts coming very soon to the Goliverse store let you know more about that as it happens. Thank you so much for joining us, those who joined us live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse and everyone who downloads the podcast. We appreciate you so much. Hope you're subscribed however you do. Most of you we found out subscribe via iTunes. If you've never gone over and left us a review and a rating at iTunes, please do so. It really helps the word get out about the shows when you do that. And uh, that's what we're trying to do is get the word out, build build an even bigger audience who will be impacted, as the New Day would say, by the power of positivity. Until next time, when we have more geek fun, I'm Steve Gloss, and we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud. You got the power.